Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW of Nissen. We look forward to creating a mental health awareness, and with Seattle Deshmaya, this mental health awareness will be creating change. The request that we always have is to be aware that, please, if you want to ask your question, to be 18 or to have your parents give you permission that you can ask your question. As well as, since it's a family-based awareness, we've got children as young as eight years old listening. So therefore, we're asking of you, if you can, please make sure any question that you have is age-appropriate for those children listening. We got one little other, two more little requests similar to this, and that is that it's an awareness-based program. I mean, sometimes people ask us, what do we do? Or sometimes people want to take actual answers, like what to do from this program, and we're creating an awareness. And awareness means that we, you, if you need one-on-one guidance, then you need more one-on-one for that. And the last part that we have is for you to be aware that once you ask your question, that is the, you know, it's on air, and we won't be able to remove it. We would like to, but it's a public forum, so please just think before you ask your question. And now the number to call up to ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And please feel free to call up and to ask your question. And Mr. Uh, Rabbi Mordechai, yeah. we have, uh, first of all, have a warm night to all of our listeners. Yes. And uh, we have uh, Mr. A with us. Hello, Mr. A. Yes, hi. Yes, hello. Shalom Aleichem. Hi, how, how are you? Baruch Hashem, wonderful. Thank you for asking. Okay, I, I took your um, um, the workshop for family members of personality disorder or complicated people. I would like to add that you call it children who was raised in a complicated environment. I find it helping me how to deal with complicated people by knowing the tools that they are using or the way they, they try to manipulate. It helps me a lot how to get along with complicated people. So I would like to thank you for that. Yes. And especially what I liked was the last two parts of the DVT's um, um, skills, and which this two was the only works that what I rather listened to three times, and I have, I have already used some of them, and I really, really enjoyed it very, very much. Thank you. You're so welcome. It really, really means a lot to me that you were able to that you enjoyed it, that you liked the information, and it really, it really like changed it, gave you an awareness. What would you say changed in your way of thinking of it, of the way you look at situations? It's first of all, that I know someone who was diagnosed by some professionals with borderline, and in the past I would look on them like, to, well, how can you do this and do that? And now, by taking this, I understand how tame they are. And that's really this person I know that he had a, he had a very hard um, childhood. So I'm, I'm looking on them as a chronist, not as a bad person. So this changed my way of thinking. Wow, fantastic. Beautiful. 
beautiful. Okay, I'm looking forward to your marriage um, workshop. Yeah, marriage Hashem. Thank you, thank you. We're going to be, yes, doing the marriage workshop. I would like to ask, not a question, just if you want to answer it, that you haven't said recently how it's going to be going back to college for your doctor degree, for your PhD, for your PhD. I'm, I am wondering if you are still in because you once said that you had yeah, you had a master of, of starting it in the beginning, but too hard. Um, so you hit it on the nail. I started college, and I actually took a break of about two months. You can do a small semester break because I wasn't able to balance the workshop. It was just too much. The workshop ended up being a full Thursday night. Questions and answers is a full Sunday. And plus all the other workings, I just realized as a human it's not possible. And it was a very, very hard decision to make to put it on hold. So you're actually asking a question that I did not discuss publicly, but you seem to have picked up on that. And you're asking it publicly, so I'm choosing to answer it. That there was a Thank lot you. of shame. I Thank just started that, something. I'm was, so proud. Like, um, but it's very hard. I like, that you should be able to have it done. Say that again? I was inspired for you. I was traveling for you, and I was wishing that you should be able to continue. Yes, I'm still figuring out what to do and how to do it. I'm trying to, let's say, arrange the marriage workshop to be more in advance. There were other changes that had to happen in the office. There was a lot that was going on that was that was difficult, and balancing and being family, and it was just. Yep, just being human, and I've made the choice. So the choice okay, was... Thank you for everything. You're welcome. And have a good night. Have a good night. Yep, and the number to call up to ask your question is 718-683-5858. And here we got a text question that you sent, Rav Nissen. Hi, Mr. Weinberger. Thank you for all you do. My son saw someone get stuck in a building elevator, and now he's scared to use it, which makes sense. But eventually, we would like him to use it. Should we keep about it or just let time heal? We don't know the age. We don't know if there is anxiety in the family. We don't know if he ever got stuck. We don't know any of those. And those are all very important bits of information. So, yep. That's a large part of it. So we need more information when doing something like this. The number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Rav Nissen, what's your thoughts on the matter, let's say, of children that people are running to therapists and they're like giving away their whole opinion, like tell me what to do. What do you think, how do you think it should go more? That parents, I mean, I believe more that parents should be working with the therapist, questioning the therapist, not just giving in that way. What are your thoughts, Rav Nissen? Uh, I, I, I was a little bit involved with uh, the phone uh, line here. 
Unfortunately, it seems like uh, a lot of our listeners, some kind of the, the phone line is uh, not working, so I just try the redirection. So the question is, again, please. Yeah, the question is that sometimes people come to me as therapists, and they're thinking like we're almost like a makubal, like a navi, like we tell them exactly what to do. And, like, just tell me, solve the problem. I don't know any problems that can be taught or solved by just doing it or just saying what to be done. Like, you've got to go through the process. How do we get this concept to people? I want to tell you that basically we are, we are, we are right now, and, that's, and this is the general, I think, that my, my general point of view, that right now we are in a generation of instant Instead, everything instant. Everything is like, I want. I want the phone is not so quick. Uh, quick, so we're just going to replace the computer. Everything that we expecting, our expectation from anyone, if it's if it's the rabbi, if it's the therapist, if it's the the, the, the our children, even you know, we putting ourselves. We need it. We get we get it immediately. Answer, and I think that uh, it's a big mistake. It's, it's it's a huge mistake because you know we we have to go and process as as we know uh, we said a building you don't build it from the air you build foundation you slowly slowly you dig you pour cement concrete and then you build with with the bricks and a frame and then slowly the, you cannot just go and say you know I want my son to get or my children to get it immediately this is this is I want answer. Uh, Reb Mordechai, you are the therapist. I want the answer. I, I want to know if a two week, in, in a two weeks or two hours my son will be better, or my daughter, or my 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 spouse. This is the, the approach today, and people don't want to to work about it. And all idea, and especially we as a Jewish people, we knows that avodah is the main things in our life. This is this is to work, 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 and achieve. learning and working so yeah. it's working not only the work uh, physically the work with our in our our ability to work our, upon ourselves upon our midot and try to achieve what is and work with with the therapist with the rabbi with the mot- with the teacher with the more everything that's my my uh, uh i would say understanding about it yes i agree with you and To me, it's very difficult if people are coming to me on a level as if I'm supposed to give them the answers, when especially in therapy, it's about processing, it's about working. It's about working through it and about learning the skills to get it. And it's not a yes or no, because today it might be a yes, tomorrow it might be a no, and the next day it might be a different concept. Yeah. Okay, I'd like to share with everyone the number to call up is 718-683-5858. And the number again, looking to get callers to call up is 718-683-5858. Uh, I just, yeah. let's, let's, let's remind it because I know that's like 
people are just basically occupied our phone system and because the phone numbers, uh, the other phone yeah. numbers, I don't know, some are some 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 yeah, problem. Yeah, working. Yeah. Not working. So I want to remind our phone numbers uh, that to listen is seven one two four three two four two one seven seven one two four three two four two one seven, and seven one eight five zero six nine zero nine nine seven one eight five zero six nine zero nine nine. And if you want to ask question is uh, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, or text us 347-927-8398, It seems like the, the cold frees also some lines. <laughs> yeah. Really, it's like, uh, it's amazing. You know, I got avalanche on phone calls that all of them just the same problem. Cannot, yeah. li- cannot listen to us. Wow. Okay, good. So at least we got it, which should be working now at least. Okay, uh, we got some uh, answer about the, uh, he is three years old, uh, one second, eight years old, the boy about the elevator. All right, I I don't have enough. That's why I can't answer a question like that. An eight-year-old boy, so someone in the elevator, the person got stuck and now he's afraid. There's so much without a person actually sharing information. I can tell you the questions that I have. Did this ever happen to other family members? Does this elevator break often? These are all that's going on. These are all questions that we would be asking. The next questions that we would be asking is, again, is there any anxiety in the family? Are other parents afraid of getting stuck there or or people afraid of getting stuck? Are there even in that building or Goyim? Are they afraid of being stuck, you know, with the Goyim there? Do they have an aunt or uncle that got stuck and was afraid? Do the, is it a more girl family, a boy family? Because sometimes more girl families are going how afraid they are and how scared they are. Um, was it a one-time thing? Does this happen often? Did this kid see others get stuck? What are friends talking about? There's so much more to this, such a question. Like, and again, they also ask the question with an is it question. Should we keep talking about it or just let time to heal? That's a should question. What should we do? We can create an awareness that it is normal for kids to go through this. If the elevator's stuck, if there's such a building, it's also normal to sometimes get help. It also might be normal to get him to go on it. What you should do, we don't know. What we could say is if you would choose to call up is we can have more of an understanding to create a better awareness. So, again, being aware anxiety means the mind has a a good imagination. There are certain fears and concerns that they have I will not be able to uh, manage if I'll be in that position. Many times anxiety is a buildup of other stuff that's going on. So this is the straw that broke the camel back. And for that, we need the person to call up. Hopefully, you know, someone else will be able to call up. We're looking forward now to taking questions and comments. The number is 718-683-5858-718-683-5858. And we have Mrs. H. Mrs. H, hi. You're on the air with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. Thank you for taking my call. I can't thank you enough for everything you do. I just finished reading your second book. It's amazing. It's so interesting. And I now look at the world so differently. It's, it's unbelievable. I am so honored to hear you say that because that is exactly the goal of the book. The goal of the book, Mastering Relationships, 
is specifically to understand that there are different natures, and instead of thinking we're right, they're wrong, or they're crazy, to give us perspective. I never look at people crazy on the water nature, and I relate to many things that you say. And you say that the water nature understands people more rather than the earth and whatever, certain natures. Sure. But it was so interesting. And your line is, Mamish, my oxygen. Wow, it's, it's thank unbelievable. you. You don't know what you're doing. You're Mamish a hero. If you're making me talk on the line while my neshama is in my hand, literally, this is a major, you know, I heard that you don't have any callers. My heart started racing, but I said, I have to break the ice, and I have to do it. Wow, and I have to thank you. Wow, that is so nice. Great. Let me hear for an example. What What are you sharing? What would you like to share? What I'd like to share about yeah. the book, you mean? Either the book or about what you've grown, what you've listened, how you feel it's changing and helping. A million and one things. I have to think about it. I was thinking to write a letter to you because I don't have text. You know, yeah. like, you should know what what you do. It's unbelievable. You know you're here, I'm sure, but I don't know. It's unbelievable. I, I can't thank, thank you. you enough. Thank you. That really, really means a lot to me. Excellent. Wow, what a schuss. Rebnissen, it's a real schuss to be able to do this. Yeah, you can thank your family as well, and her Nissim really deserves credit. And this time I have a question as well. Go ahead, please. Um, I take people's sorrows so to heart, I think, even more than them. And it mamish, um, like physically and emotionally, really gets to me. I don't know how to balance it and how it shouldn't take me over so much. Okay, so instead of how or what you should do, let's create the awareness. Why would someone's stories or someone other's stories, why would it take you over? Let's start on saying a little dynamics. We're different people, so why should it happen? No, no, I understand you're going to say that you do, but we're trying to now understand why. Why? Because I think into the situation and I just feel terrible. I don't know, special people you know, somebody passed away. just feel so bad for the family and I just can't get to myself. Yeah, we hear that. So I'm going to ask my question again. How does it work that we feel for someone if it's a different person? How does the brain work? What do you think? Take a guess. A guess? I don't know. We're hidden, so we feel for each other. I don't know. Great. Good. So now if many people feel it, then what happens that others are, let's say, so taken over and some feel for others? Sorry, what did you ask? The difference. Why is it that someone would get completely taken over and some people would just feel and not get taken over? It has to do with natures, I think, a lot. Good. My sister thinks crazy. Like, she hears, she feels bad, and, okay, let's continue. And I just, just yeah. chew it over so many times. Mm-hmm. Rabnissa, what do you say to this? I don't know. Yeah. So I feel I feel I like your answer about natures, and I think there could be a lot more that we discuss, like on the program, how the brain works, about imagination, the balance to how strong we feel the imagination. 
I and, have a strong imagination. That's right. And sometimes we need to learn how to balance that strong imagination. What is there to do? I want to know what my work is to do to balance right. it. Sounds like you're asking a how-to, and that we're not able to really do. I can explain to you some concepts in the okay. office we'd be exploring of mindfulness, but I don't know your history, so I don't know other stuff, but we'd be discussing mindfulness. We'd be discussing in the past if maybe you went through some difficulties and people didn't care about you, so therefore now you want to care for others. It is possible that maybe sometimes you were either got more yelled at or the other way around, you felt more for others. So sometimes family dynamics plays a big part where others felt, let's say, certain people were cold. So now you felt the emotional person more the dynamics. It has a lot to do with, let's say, I believe it's which, which mazel you were born under. You know, in Yiddishkeit, we have a lot about that, about mazel. Not that we live in them. I'm just saying that each of those things are there. Are you more genetically like your mother or your father? And someone might be more more emotional. Someone might be less emotional. There are so many different components. And what to do about it really depends a lot of what's going on. Right. So I'm more example, emotional than both my parents. Right. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes, you, sometimes you'll need to, let's say, start telling yourself not to get that emotional. Sometimes we do exposure. Sometimes it's mindfulness about calming the mind. Sometimes it's about listening less to all the other stuff going on. There's a lot that can be going on, but for that we really need more of the of the awareness. Sometimes people are also codependent. They feel responsible for everything. Yes, I, I think someone. I'm like Hashem's second in command. I think that I have to take care of the world, uh-huh. and I should just yeah. let go. Yeah. All right, yeah, I thank guess you. I'll listen to the recording and I'll try to work on it somehow. Okay, great. Thank you. I so appreciate you calling up and saying how, how much the book and other stuff have really helped you and changed you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Really, I shall pay you back double and triple and much more. Amen. 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 Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. And the number to okay. call up we'll is go, 718. We'll go to... Yeah, uh, we'll go to uh, well, we have some uh, from a remark from Mrs. C. Let's say hello. Hello. Yes. I yes. want to also say thank you for everything. And um, I just wanted to say that even with the fact that you had to take a temporary break from your um, pursuing the Ph.D. is really a lesson for people as well because we can't all do everything that we want to do all the time, at the same time. And so it is an example that we have to choose our priorities, see where the Rabbanishlam wants to take us at that time. So I wish you had Svacharabba with, with achieving your various goals. And also, I wanted to just comment, I don't know if it's going to help anybody, but when I was way younger, I didn't, I didn't know. I, I'm also one of these people that, feels very, very, very much for other people. And there was a horrific tragedy when I was was a young Bible, I guess you'd say, and um, I didn't know how to feel. I felt like, which we, I don't think came up in, in when you were talking to the other woman, that we imagine it happening to ourselves, like feeling that in order to empathize, we have to Deal with the person's one thing, but make ourselves experience it 
and it was three days. I almost thought I was going to lose my mind. And then through whatever maturing, I realized, first of all, is there anything we can do? Sometimes say some tillum, sometimes say give some stuck or something. There's, sometimes there's something physical we could do to help out. Then also we have to realize Hashem runs the world and each person gets the kayach to go through whatever hardships. And we can empathize that if we're going to live everybody's life, we're going to be living a life of total tragedy. Lighter every little bit. There's someone that passes away, Nebuch. There's someone that's sick, Nebuch. And we, we, we as bystanders, are not equipped to deal with that on an ongoing basis. So I, I say, like, I still am one of those that feels a lot. But I also have to marshal my resources to use them in a way that's constructive. And I'll just say one more tiny thing. I don't read things about the Holocaust. My mother is a survivor, the only one in her family. But every so often I subject myself to this. And once again, when I was very young and I had a few little children and I was reading something about the Holocaust and it cost me a few days, and I said to myself, I lost grandparents, I lost aunts and uncles, young, very young, the oldest was 18, they will have nothing from my walking around three days in a daze. But my job is to continue to give over the Messiah to my children that the relatives will have something from the Ezra's Hashem. Um, and like just walking around in pain does nothing for anybody. So thank you for all your work. I hope some of this could be helpful to somebody. And I wish you continued Hatzloch Rabbah. I also got the book. I gave one as a gift, and I have the second book. I'm waiting to read it. So Hatzloch Bechal and Yunim, and thank you for the Nisim. Wow. Amen. Thank you for that. And I would like to just repeat what you mentioned about empathy and sympathy. And that's a concept that they teach us very much with therapists, that we work with people and we feel for them. But we also have to learn the balance between feeling for someone and getting caught up into it. And that is a skill with supervision and some other stuff that can help us find the balance. And that is very important. And if we don't get it, we can get overwhelmed. We can start feeling frustrated. We can start getting taken over by that. And there are really so many different points, and that's why I have a hard time answering that person's question, like, what do you do? Because it could even be something as simple as sleeping. It means if people don't sleep enough, other emotions and feelings start getting more intense and too much for us. Sometimes it could just be, it could be something as simple as that, and then sometimes it can be that, as we were sharing, that there was a lot of not healthy emotions when they were being raised, so therefore they were never taught about emotional regulation. When someone feels for others too much, it can be from something as simple as not sleeping enough to something that there was many unhealthy family members and a lot of that stuff's going on. So therefore, again, we just don't know. We are going to go to Mrs. A. Mrs. A, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. And the number to call up, those that are listening, is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Hello? Yes, hello. 
Hi. Um, okay, thank you so much for your line. Um, I listen to it a lot. It's amazing. You're so um, welcome. My question to you. My question to you is, um, when do you use the method of CBT therapy? I find that a difficult question to ask again because you're asking, it's sort of like, when do you make a challenge? When do you see that the person um, needs to go to a CBT therapist? So again, it depends. So what, what I'm trying to explain is there are many different theories. There are many different ways of looking at therapy. So if you look at it through a CBT lens, they'll tell you almost everything you do CBT. So what I'm going to share with you is now my opinion. So CBT has great results dealing with depression, great results dealing with anxiety, great results dealing with OCD. Dealing with personality disorders is something called DBT, which has a tremendous amount of CBT. CBT is almost like an olive base for anyone doing therapy. Very likely you've been doing part or a lot of CBT. So CBT is really a strongest side. Does that first make sense? It's like a foundational concept. I don't think we've ever done therapy and not used some part or a lot of the CBT methods. CBT is simply saying changing your mind, changing your thoughts, changing the way you're looking at something, changing the behaviors, what you're doing, and you'll be seeing changes. So mm -hmm. CBT is, is like the foundation. The question that I feel you're asking, that's why I'm not sure how educated you are in your question of like, should I only do CBT? Do you partially do CBT? Do you combine CBT? I, I don't understand your question. So let's just put it this way. I don't know a therapist that does not use part CBT and what they do. Hmm. Now, I feel you're asking more to your question, so can you share more of the question that you're asking? No, I don't your question was, again, when do you do CBT? Like, when do you make challenge? So generally, you have it for Shabbos. People like it sometimes Thursday night. Sometimes people would like it for after Shabbos. But generally, so CBT is saying you change your thoughts, you change your behaviors. There are sometimes something called trauma work. And can, you, can you see the results more, can you see the results quicker than other therapies? You see, you use now comparing to others. What happens if you, can you have child on a Monday night? Would child work for Monday night? Yeah. That's right. So the same thing is here. And what's happening is the brain is a lot more complicated than just cognitive and behavioral, so there are different systems that at times you're going to use different methods. Let me, let me share with you, for example, if someone goes through trauma, there are there's CBT for trauma but there's also different methods to deal with trauma. So we might use a trauma method for part of the work and we might use another method for the other part of the work. So there are therapists that do like only, treat, only CBT or only this or only that. And then there are therapists that will use combinations. So for eating disorders, they have CBT for eating disorders, but then you also have different methods which will combine some family systems in those methods. So I feel you're asking, black and white, 
if you want a black and white question, you really need to be asking a black and white therapist. To me, a tr everything is gray, or most things are gray. So CBT is a very important tool, and I suggest any therapist to learn CBT. When we do the mm -hmm. stress to inner peace workshop, we discuss a lot of the CBT methods because that's a large part of learning to have inner peace is learning CBT, the cognitive thoughts, changing your behaviors, but then there are other stuff that we put in there, a lot of the mindfulness, a lot of the calming systems, a lot of identifying how your past will affect your present. That might be cognitive awareness, but it's not the CBT model. CBT models, we're not focused on your past. We're focused on your present. We want to make changes in the here and now and not live in your past. So did I give any clarity or are you walking away with more confusion? Are you walking away more confused? No, you really. No, it's really good. I get the answer. Okay, so could you explain to me? Let's say, what was the question? What's the answer that you got a little clearer now? So when when should you use the method of CBT therapy? That you can use it like really for a lot of other things, and that CBT is just like the the build up to other things. It's like just the assault. Yes. And there are many therapists that are, or many people that are good enough or can get healed just by doing CBT. Mm -hmm. And those okay. that do better but by just CBT do better, let's say, by reading a book and things are informed. Um, you know, taking a workshop, that's CBT. And then if you, that's, that's changing your awareness, changing your thoughts, and, and you're changing your behaviors. And then if you have a therapist guiding you and focusing and working on one step at a time, one behavior, take one difficulty, challenge it, and work it up and work through it, then we see bigger changes. And that is the, more of the CBT model. Mm -hmm. Oh, you really explained it well. Okay, thank you very much. Sure. Um, you're you welcome. Everything. And again, the number for people to call up is 718 683 5858. 718 683 5858. Yes. We text, uh, got a text here. I, I don't want to uh, mention, uh, you know, the, the, about a, a person, a, a child. They need a gag from the mother. Is that the 14-year-old? Yeah, yeah. But Beautiful. Let's take that. Let's, let's talk about it two minutes from this because I feel it's so important. Yes. And I, I would even like to compliment that we've gotten, I would probably say over the last two months, several mothers coming forward with this. And I'd like the mothers to realize that this can be an issue on the mother's part, not the kid's part. Listen to this. Is it normal for a 14-year-old Bacher in yeshiva to come home every day and just want to be hugged by his mother, he finds the transition from cheder to yeshiva overwhelming and exhausting. And the answer is, forgive me for now speaking a little bit harsh, not as calm as I'm speaking, it is 100% normal and it's not normal for a mother to ask this question. <laughs> what is wrong with us today? You've even given the reason why the kid needs it. Kids need love. 
just because their body grew, and sometimes 14-year-olds can be 5'9", 5'10", 6 foot, just a year before that, they didn't even wear a hat. They're kids. When they're 12 and 3 quarters, you treated them many times like babies. And all of a sudden, they're just a year plus from them, and now you expect them to be adults, never to need emotions? Of course. I'm going to be a little blunt. I see my mother. I saw my mother today, and I got a hug and a kiss from her. I'm way older than 14 till 120. I miss the hugs that I got from my father now that he's not alive. I miss them. Of course, and kids love it and need it. Now, you want to say there are, in a few Kihilas, few, where certain people won't hug their kids, but then they can show love, they can talk love, they can appreciate it, they can validate it. I don't hear a question as the experience that I have of a mother saying, do I need to hug my 14-year-old kid when they're having a tough time in, trans in transition? Yes, human connection is about touch. Love. You see a little baby. They're in their mother's arms. They feel safe. Yes, people are afraid. You, know, you go to Lavalia, you could see a 60-year-old woman, and the sister is holding them, hugging them. A parent is hugging them. How many times in have we gone? Today's generations, you have it more. You have a wife that could have lost her husband at a Lavalia, and she could be 50 years old, and her 80-year-old mother will hug her. That's human emotion, human connection, and these are adults. What's happening to our generation that we could even ask such a question? Hashem Yishmar, and Hashem, I don't want to attack anyone that's asking these questions. I want to create how sad it is. And since we look to create awareness, I'd like to create the awareness how important it is. Mothers, hug your kids, the boys and the girls. Fathers, hug your kids, the boys and the girls. Hug, give a kiss, tell them how proud you are. Put a hand on a shoulder. Physical touch is so important. Unfortunately, families, kids, adults that did not get physical love from their parents, what they're doing now is animal therapy. They need a dog to be around them to be able to connect and to touch where they feel safe touching something. You don't feel safe getting a hug and a kiss from your mother. It affects in the marriage. It affects you with, the, with your children. You have a hard time saying the words, I love you. I make them suffer. Making supper does not say I love you. One part of the brain is physical that needs food. Another part of the brain needs emotional. If you cannot give your kid, notice your words again, your kid is changing schools or having a difficult time transitioning from the cheder, from elementary to going to high school, your kid needs that security and you're questioning of course they need it. Offer it without them needing it. Offer it to the kid that doesn't need it and just say, I'm proud of you and touch them. Smile. When was the last time you said the words, I love you? Those specific words. I am proud of you. And I wonder if your question is now, as you're asking it, my kid needs, is it appropriate, is it normal for 14-year-old Bacha to come home every day and just want to be hugged, I would ask it the other way around. Is it normal for a mother to not understand that the kid needs a hug? Oi, what uh, do you say to this, <laughs> You You said all, you know, you know my approach. It, you know, this, this is really something that in our society and certain community, it's like become so cold, like a freezer, like the weather today outside. And we are, as a human, we need this warm. We need it 
every single moment. It doesn't matter how old are you and it's uh, how young you are. It's it's 100 years old and it doesn't matter if it's husband and wife and a mother and a daughter, mother, father and, and, and a son. We need this. This is where um, Kadosh Baruch Hu created us flesh, meat, you know, kind of, this is part of our sense. And to say, I love you, it's, sometimes it's difficult to people to say it, you know. And I know, I know myself, that with my kids, I'm trying to give them almost every day, and, and you know, when every conversation, I love you, I'm proud of you. You belong to the family, and I, I, I know when my kids were sleeping in the house, my house, I used to come at night. Give them, a, you know, on the, they were during the sleep, give me a pat on the on the face and say I love you, and you see the smile on the face. Even they sleeping, they can see it. You can you can feel it, and it's That's right. It, it's amazing to see that the, that kids that. Everyone, I said, I, I, you know, I don't say kids. Everyone need the uh, love, you know. And you know, I have a famous saying: "All I need is love," you know. And people afraid to say it, or, or don't know to express it. And as you say, it's affect the marriages, and you know, later they grow up without, and, and become be ashamed to to to, to you know to sure, share the love. Are found from that. If you're not given things in a healthy level, the brain will start looking for them in unhealthy places. It is a parent's job to be able to give emotional love just as much as the physical necessities. They're just as important. And I don't want to use the word more, but just like the brain, the body cannot live without physical needs, the brain will not be able to function in society with the without the emotional necessities it's impossible i would say it's impossible we are no rob no robotic and no and even animals you know they feel it you know as you, as you said we use there's a therapist with animals with dogs and cats and stuff like this and you see that the, the, the animal feel it exactly when they when they be uh loved or pushed away so yeah it's something that's really important to the mother and to the father, to everyone. That you know, please do yourself a big favor to your children, to uh, to uh, to everyone around you. You need you need to so share. So true, so true, and you really do save yourself so many issues in marriages, so many issues where you can have a husband or a wife say, "Why do I need to compliment my wife? Is she a baby, or why do I need to compliment my husband?" Doesn't, isn't he supposed to be a mature adult? Doesn't he know I care about him? Why does he have to say the word, thank you for bringing in money? What, am I a baby now? I have to say thank you for everything? We've had someone ask us a question and answer where the wife just begged the husband, can't, like, he went to sleep, but he doesn't tell her anything. When he wants to go out a little, he doesn't tell us. She says, can you please tell me if you're going to lay down, like I should know you went to sleep. He goes, I need to tell you when I go to the bathroom too? This is someone, again, it's possible <laughs> with different natures, but this is, there's normal understanding in human interaction of connecting. If there's a wall, an emotional wall, this emotional wall will also be with their spouses, will be at work, will also be with their children, and then this can start developing into generations of generations of someone not clear with the other one. And someone not being able to connect, someone not being able to say, I care about you, I love you. And this will affect, especially if you have the nature, since we discuss a lot the book, 
mastering relationships if someone's if a kid is the fire nature which needs more love more validation if someone's the water nature they still need to get a tremendous amount of validation but in a calm way and if someone is wind they want to be able to talk about stuff but if you're going to ground them be solid no connection it's going to hurt them so the importance of such a question i appreciate the awareness that we're able to give and to create with this the number to call up is 718-683-5858-718-683-5858, and we look forward to taking your questions or your comments. Everybody, what is the number of the text if someone would like to text? One second, Mozart. Sure. So again, I will just speak while this is happening, while we're just working on stuff on the other end. It is important for us to work things through. It is important for us as parents to understand the kid's needs. It is important if you feel that the kid might need too much, then you start discussing why is it too much, what do you need. If you feel that maybe you want to start getting teaching the kid other ways to self-soothe, we can start discussing what are other ways to get it. Maybe we can start talking to our kid and saying, I'm so proud of you. I know it's hard. Maybe spending time, maybe playing a game with him. But again, hugs, physical touch, very, very important. And yes. Yes, we have Mrs. Uh, Mrs. E. Mrs. E. Hi, you're on the air with our Nisna Mordechai. Yeah, hi. Yeah, I'm calling from England, actually. Um, oh, I'm still wow. up and I shouldn't honor. be. Yeah, um, I usually don't listen to it, but now I'm up, so I'm going to be brief because I don't like to be in public. Um, oh, I like what you were major. just saying now, actually. I can't agree with you more. Yes, go ahead. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that not always um, is the mother aware or mean to say, like you were saying about the nature. Some mothers don't have that nature. They don't understand what what you even want from them. You'll get a child that needs it, and the parent is not able to give it for whatever reason. Yes, and that's exactly why we're creating the awareness, and that's why Hashem usually, if there is what a mother... Is, what does, what, what I'm saying, I brought Hashem was blessed. I had been through a little bit of what you were sharing, and there's no comparison to what I do with my children, just because this, this, I don't know, this is the way Hashem, you know, Hashem made me somehow, but I was missing a lot in that in that area, whether it was even even by verbally and and physically, um, and yeah, and I'm you know, and I'm healing myself now as an adult. But the thing is that how can you tell a parent who has no knowledge or has no awareness or what 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 they supposed to do or don't even know what you're talking to them about? Okay, and the awareness is that that's why Hashem marries off a person that's, let's say, earth that way to someone that's usually calmer, that's emotional. Right. I, I would say, uh, like the, first of all, from our, our religious, from, our, from, from the Torah, Dushar, from Kadosh Baruch the first chapter, you know, it's meaning that connect together, you know, physically. It's not spiritual, it's not platonic loves. And we, we know from all our Darche Avot, from our, uh, you know, Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, all this, all the time, you know, when you see yourself growing up in Egypt, 
and he suddenly he got a huge temptation, a huge, huge trial. And what he saw, he saw the father face, the Dukon Aviv. And what is meaning? Because one, one sentence, he said, Yaakov Aav et Yosef, and Jacob love Yosef. And this is the old, the idea of basically that we as a parents, unfortunately, unfortunately, we saw so many, you know, I would say from us that don't know how to share it because they didn't get it in their houses. They didn't get this right. warm. This is like the older generation that some people didn't get sure. it because yeah. of after the war. There was and a friend. Uh, w- show it, or is it just the nature? Not only after the war, even before the war, yes. I shared several times on this program that from John Bowlby, which started the attachment theory, and he explained that in Europe, like we always talk about the past. How did they do then? How are they? Why there's more let's say chutzpah now than in the past? But we don't know the full story. In the late 1800s, that's when he was born, and then he shares that at those times, you had very little connection to your parents. You met your parent and a mother an hour a day after tea time, and you had 10 minutes with your father a day. That was it. And then when you're about but eight in years a way, old... I'm learning through my therapy that we can't even blame our parents or the ones that weren't able to give it. In a way, there's no word of blame in this. You're making an awareness, uh, but in a way... They don't know how to. So what was the, you know what I mean? That's right. Well, we're creating an awareness for the next generation or for those that are listening. I've had clients, I would like to give credit to someone over the age of 60 that came in and coming to the office, and they said, I'm so ashamed, I'm probably your oldest client. And I go, no, we've had a client over how was 70. She, how did she have the, how was she not in denial? How did she have that she was listening to the program. To That's the that point of awareness. More that she needs to, needs That's to the learn. point. People are listening. We've got adult mothers and fathers. We've got a lot of men listening listening to these programs over the ages of 40 and 50 and 60. Some are listening because they're emotionally inclined to this. Some are listening because people are telling them to listen. The wives are pushing them to listen. Some are listening because the Rabbana are pushing them to listen. Just this week, I haven't heard messages about anyone, and just this week, I don't want to say the names, but I heard uh, there's a major... A very hush of a Rebetzin that gives shiurim to, let's say, married women over five, ten years of marriage, like those that are going, and she's been recommending my book. Like, someone called me up, Arab Shabbos, and told me, and then two days later, someone told me they're in a Rosh Hashiva's house, and they had the first book alive, like, open over there, and so it was just going through that. So, randomly, I usually don't get feedback of G'daylam, and all of a sudden, but here, this person that's speaking to older and married women is sharing the book about mastering relationships, understanding the different concepts, but it's not just only about understanding the other person, it's understanding how to speak to the other person, and to all those mothers that are listening, and that you're finding, oh, I'm very nice to my kids, I just don't say I love you, or I don't hug them, then start thinking about that. Yes, I want you to question yourself. You might not need it. Do any mm-hmm. of your kids need it? I'm happy you're doing it. I'm happy you're doing it. I'm just questioning how it can work because some sometimes people are just so earthy, like we're saying. That's what's bringing me to the next question. If I can ask, um, that I find because I'm very much a water nature, I find that earth people sometimes greet my nerves. I understand I need to do more of earth to be able to ground myself. But they're just so earthy that there's like so much dryness and I don't know if that makes sense to you, I'm saying. Of course it does. That's exactly what earth is. And that's what the person that's married to earth, that's the avoda that Hashem is giving them. That is exactly the avoda. 
Yeah, but it's, it's, it, I'm sorry, by me it's not that way, but it's more like my mother was much more that way. And I find her not only earth, but very complicated at the same time. Yes, but you see, you're focusing, you see, and if I was, let's say, the therapist involved, I would be saying, and where's your father? And that's where the awareness is. Well, my father was much more emotional. Yes, but now my point would be is get your father to listen. Let your father hear how important it is. Let your father do more of that stuff. Let your father start getting more assertive on your mother and saying, this is what you got to get. He's got to start learning to speak the earth language. Right, right. I don't have to worry about my parents, um, parents and about at this stage, but it's, it's Great. interesting how even so the awareness twins, is there's a lot it, that can be done. It can only be done after there's an awareness. Right. But does it make sense that a water nature could get nervous with, a, with, a earth, with earth nature? Not could it. Every nature can be stressed with the other nature, including their own. That's for sure, but, like, I find that they don't have enough, like, you know, enthusiasm. Okay, and, and, so you're you know. sharing the negative of Earth to the negative of water. Yeah, yeah. And you can choose to see the positive of Earth to the positive of water and how well they work it out. So, yes, any nature mm-hmm, that will mm-hmm. not be healthy, won't, you'll be hitting their weaknesses. And if they don't, mm-hmm. if they're not consciously aware to grow and to work things out, will be tough. Rebdison, how would you address this question? Uh, I, I, no, I just, can you... Earth be consciously aware? Because I find a lot of... Earth people are quite like, okay, I'm a kid the way I am. I don't have to change. I, I would that makes just, sense? No, well, that's not true. I would say that, uh, you know what, it's a little bit, you know, become concentrated on the four, uh, uh, you know, element. And it is true that it's very important, but, you know, we have to read in between the line. We are not experts to know exactly who is this. Some, many of us is mixed up with earth and water oh, and yeah, fire. I agree. And I, I know, I know people, I know, I used to. The majority of the earth sort of nature. They're quite complacent where they are. They don't always, you know, see the other side. I, I used to, I used to, I used to know people that wouldn't go with other people before the checking the, the zodiac map, you know, plan astrology, and it's really ridiculous in a certain way. We are, we are, we are human. We can do it, and especially with we can do it working upon ourselves. First of all, as as we say always, awareness. See what you in front of, and we're talking about love and affection and this is very important to any human and I, 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 as as we said so many times we don't i don't i don't tag it as a, as a as a age group age i think that from zero and uh, you know research Mordechai will tell you that research about kids that didn't get any affection or kids that was growing up in in orphans or in hospitals grew up to to monsters and kids grow up with an, an, you know, poorly owes with love, grosser, loving, caring people. So I know, I know, unfortunately, I know a lot of houses that the the parents themselves, inside themselves, they don't know how to share the love and warmth together. And it's affect all the kids, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And we are basically, mm-hmm. as we know, we are copy-paste of our parents. Mm-hmm. And we know we see a lot of disaster that's late, later on. And as a parent, right. that's what we're doing here in this, to give the awareness that's important to talk and to give affection and love and give a hug. But my gi- question is that can an earth person understand 
So let me, I'd like to get involved. You asked your question about five times. Can we try things differently? Hello, hello. Hello, you're asking, let me try this. You're asking about four or five times about an earth nature, and my awareness, my intuition is telling me you're thinking of one specific person, you're saying that person's earth. Let's not confuse an earth nature with people that are unhealthy or that are blacked emotionally. Earth mm -hmm. still feels. It's two things you're saying. So I that, feel that's you're what asking I'm about an unhealthy person. No, it's person. not only one person, actually. I've got to with a few people who I'm thinking of. But maybe I'm maybe I'm confused. Maybe I don't understand the difference between that unhealthy. Uh, yeah, you're and going the, over. That's right. You're going over and over the same thing. You're thinking yeah, of yeah, certain people. Yeah, uh, when I listen to your things the whole time, I say right. I go back to these people. Hold on, hold on, Okay. And I don't know what does a healthy Earth person mean. Okay, uh, maybe let's I read your book again and see. Uh, hello, one second, please. I know that we, I'm in the middle, but you know, I'm running the 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 console here, and uh, nobody here or nobody. So please, uh, if you want, listen to Rabbi Mordechai, and then you react, okay? Okay. Great. So, so there is healthy earth, which you need to speak stronger. You need to speak their language, but they're willing to listen. There are people that could be water, but they were went through emotional trauma places, and their survival mode is now not seeing emotions. There can be fire people. That could be very sharp, but they won't listen to emotions other than their own. They won't mm -hmm. give love. They'll block it. It has nothing to do with earth. There's a difference right. of a healthy nature, that each nature has a strength and a weakness, and people that were raised in unhealthy environments or people that went through traumas, and now they're affected. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So I have to, you know, learn and understand it more then. Excellent. Either understand it more or more one-on-one. -on -one. Start thinking about the person. Is the person more than nature or is the person unhealthy? Right, right, right. So I wonder what I'm going to have to, I wonder what on earth, I, I would love to see and maybe like give you feedback or what I feel like to see what on earth a healthy person would look like. Because at this point I don't really see it. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm going to say good night and thank you so thank much. You. Everything. Well, really enjoy thank you. Thank you for being up so late. I appreciate that. <laughs> thank thank you. you so yeah, much. Thank you. Thanks for the question and answers and everything. It's just so and it's just so inspiring, and I get so much from it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so thank you. much. Thank you. Yes, Atzlacha. And Ramnison, let's go to okay. our last caller, Mister Y. One second. Hello? Hi, Rabbi Mordechai. Shalom Aleichem. It's an honor to speak with you. Wow, um, thank you, and it's an honor to have you on. <laughs> um, I, I'll try to describe just a few of the lessons that you've taught me over uh, a couple of years now. Uh, the first lesson is, first of all, with bringing up children, um, instead of when a child makes trouble or does something wrong, it's not like, oh, how am I going to, you know, route this out of him by the time it has to be outrouted. Rather, it's he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing, and I'm going to do exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and teach him the right way. And you wow, work beautiful. Beautiful. Um, another, another lesson is in anger, that your anger teaches you that if you're if you're angry at someone else, it's actually your not forgiving yourself in something, and this is so trackable. I could just think exactly, figure out exactly on the spot what I'm angry at, and it's 
and forgive myself for that, and it really, really worked. Wow, beautiful. Um, Thank you for that second lesson. Wow. And then just before Yom Tayvim, we're going through how you make a simcha and just the normalizing of the normal problems and challenges that come up in life, it's just uh, in creating the awareness, it doesn't create the problems. It makes the problems normal and, you know, schmack. And uh, that's what life's about. Also, when you one, one major lesson you taught is that when you talk about Hashem, uh, I could say I have extensive training in Yiddishkeit, but the emuna and the way Hashem runs the world, the life experience that you have and the experience of others' lives, of how Hashem will keep on doing it and will get harder and harder until you correct it. And just the way you talk about the world and Hashem's world is just so powerful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, that I, does mean a lot to me. I also have a couple of Makairis for a lot of your um, uh, theories. Just one is for the attachment theory. Uh, we see in Pashas Nayach that the Oyer, the raven, that uh, did, had an improper attachment he was with his, his wife in the table, which was Hashem did not allow. It was improper. Then it was time to disattach from Nayach. Nayach sent him out. He refused to go because of this crazy fear that Nayach going to take his wife again because he didn't have that healthy attachment. By the opposite, the dog, wow. after the uh, Yaina, when it was time to go, he could go because he had the proper attachment. Wow, so, uh, great. This is That's just a nice an example, one. but I have like a, uh, a pile of stuff I have to tell you. Now I'll get to my question. Go ahead. Let's hear okay. the question. It's a question of someone under the age of eight, but I want to know if you can give me, throw out a couple of uh, advice that won't work, and I'll work with it anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> it's a child who, uh, at every any given moment, he just wants to eat. The child's four years old, and it's like, now I want lunch, now I want spaghetti, now I want matzah, now I want lox, now I want this. And it's just downtime means eating. Um, he's quite large, uh, 90th percentile, and... I don't know how to, uh, like, limit it. Like, um, any ideas? Yeah. Um, a simple way is start having healthy food around. Means get crackers, get uh, popcorns instead of potato chips, get vegetables instead of the other stuff. You know, it's people are looking. What you see is what you're going to be eating. Kids at four years old get an idea, have an idea. You want to get leaven, you get the light leavens. Mm-hmm. Cereal, you try to get the, like the, the healthier time. ones. So you can, we can, we can flow. We can choose what choices to give. Part of the parenting workshop, it's like when we teach about that kids love to get choices. Do you want to go to sleep at eight thirty or at eight thirty-five? Do you want to wear the blue shirt or the white shirt? And when you give options, then the kids will take those choices. So you want to eat now? Do you want to eat this or do you want to eat that? Instead of having um, sodas there, it's just water or, or orange juice that could even be diluted because sometimes orange juice, you know, like the juices can have a lot of calories and things like that. Okay, so the, for the first reason why that's not going to work, which is part of the, what's going to happen, is he just wants staples, like, you know, stuff that a normal, a normal family has, like macaroni and matzah and whatever, just like all the time. Right, so when you got it, then you go, it's over. Like, I got it, and then... Sort of like we did it, uh, like we had it, oh, you want more. So we ran out, you show the pot's finished, and a large part of when people are on diets, it is about that concept. The large part of diets is about how to manage the food, how to have healthier food, different snacks that are there. There's whole wheat pasta you want. You give smaller plates and he wants more, then you give him a little bit more. There's, there's a lot about how to sell something. 
You can get kids salads. I like how to sell the pasta, and you do a little, and then you give a little bit more. And then you want to eat, no problem. Mm-hmm. You cut up. You cut up vegetables. You'll see kids eating that. You have a cake mm-hmm. in those glass domes. They're going to be wanting that. I hear that. So what are you hearing? Okay. Um, I hear the idea of giving a little and then a little more, a little more. And I hear of giving um, offering vegetables and that type of stuff. And you plan it, just like any diet. It's not, oh, what do I want? My kid wants food. It's starting to plan. Go to the grocery and start looking. Which snacks are like 100 calories a pack? What are other stuff that we can be doing and giving? And what are other foods? And you might go, you know, and start having healthy foods around the house. And also you and your wife start eating healthier foods. They're going to be copying what you're doing. If you're knocking down those potato chips and hiding it behind the cupboard when they don't see, very likely your four-year-old's going to want that. Uh, yeah. Mordechai, yes. it's, it's, really, it's really what you're representing, you know, what, how your lifestyle, you know. If you have, as you said, Potato chips behind the, the couch and nobody, and, and they, they snack, you eat it beside, the kids will feel it. But if you put mm-hmm. a, a plate, plate so with, with uh, fruits and vegetables cutting out, you know, small portions, and you take it and you said like this, wow, what a good, what a t- beautiful taste of the carrots or whatever, everything, you know, this, just, you know, and make, and don't say a face. Don't make a face. I know many, many. Oh, why? You know, this is does, doesn't. Suck. The kids getting very quickly this um, um, faces and emotion, and they don't want to t- even to taste it. But if you put it on the on a table with colorful, you know, uh, fruits and vegetables, I see it. My 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 house. My my wife cutting in a small portions. You know, the apples and the the pear and other other fruits and vegetables. And that they love it. They eat it. Snake it like a snake. I don't put an option. You don't put uh, any potato chips and other stuff in the house. I hear you. And more than that, just so I want to add on to what Mrs. said. And when you've got a mother that's, let's say, eating apples, all of a sudden you see everyone eating it. You're biting into it or you're slicing it up. Everything happens. You see everyone eating that. You take oranges. You slice that up. You're going to see the kids eating that. It's what's the parent's attitude as well. And I would say gotcha. that for my my I know even even with my grand uh, uh, grandchildren, and then when they see adults eat, they always want to share with to take with them. You know, <laughs> they want to take from you. You know, it doesn't matter what, if they just finish their lunch, they want Saba, Abba, can you give me? And just teach them to eat the right way. Yes. Wow. Excellent. So what do you hear now about dealing with a four-year-old that always wants to eat? Um, basically that, first of all, it's the, the parent's personal lifestyle and not in front of the kids and in front of the kids, you know, with, with, with mothers eating apples and, uh, and uh, the kids will want to and uh, like that. Yes. And one other bit is don't restrain the four-year-old from eating means kids need food, their metabolism, they're running, they're jumping. Let it just go. Yeah, so that's, I've been totally, I didn't restrict a single thing yet. You know, I, uh, I understood that, you know, yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, Thank you. time for more positives or time for another call? Oh, go ahead. Let's do another positive again. Oh, okay. Uh, more positives is the, um, 
the amazing shifting it onto you. If something's bothering you about someone else, it's your issue. I remember one call, uh, a teenager called up that um, his mother kept him mentioning her. His mother's about about chuva, and whenever she says a vart, you know, he's embarrassed, and you didn't give the kid an inch. You said, why? I mean, uh, why? If I were to hear your mother, I wouldn't be embarrassed. And so finally, finally, you yanked it out of him that it's his personal, what he's insecure about him making that mistake. That's why it's like that. And uh, an, another call I remember is... Um, uh, I see this a fellow who kept saying that there's a guy at his work who always predicts his emotions. And you had a whole role play, and, and he, part of his role play was, one second, were you listening to more Taiwan Burger? You know how he's, and you, Vaita, you know, kept on um, answering, answering, and then finally he said, okay, Mosca, I'm not so strong like you. And you said, bingo, so it's your issue. It's, you know, it's, it's all inside you. The shifting onto you is, is, uh, is amazing. Yes. Thank you for that. It really means okay. a lot to me pointing out this positive. Yeah. Um, I, I overquote you, so I stopped quoting your name by now. You know, my family knows that. Uh, but thank I'm, you. I'm kind of a, a Weinbergerian scholar who could call it that. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. I also have a McCarr for uh, trauma therapy. I hope it's not misunderstood. But um, there's a medrash in Pasha's Peshalach, a Chamkineski brings down, that um, after Kriyas Yamsov, the each each uh, one of the Bnei Yisrael went over. It says each one had a dog, his dog, and went over to the mystery that tortured him and told his dog, "Eat the hand that tortured me. Eat the Bnei Me'ayim that tortured me." And the um, that was I don't mean to say that they had the same trauma we have, but just like it's a science in Hashem's Bria that there's such a thing called trauma that the scientists dealing with, Bnei Yisrael on their level had this of going back into it. And what would you do if you were, you know? Living it again, and, and this time being the the, uh, the conqueror. Yes, wow. You know, Ravnissa, we're just similar to this. There was a, a Vart. I wasn't going to say Vart, but since you're finding the cars, I'll just share one concept. When we're talking about the concept of touch and how important it is, there's, and like, should a mother hug, or is it important for the mother to hug? Is it normal for a 14-year-old to ask for a hug from a mother? Uh, boy, if they're having a difficulty during transition stages, it was just interesting. But the famous medrash in Megillus Eicha, that when they're destroying the Beis Hamikdash and they're coming to the Kodesh Hakodeshim and they're putting, setting fire to the Beis Hamikdash, the Kruvim were hugging each other. And there's all the Simon, all the Medrashim are explaining that the Rabbi Shalom is showing us, even though he's destroying the base of English as a punishment to us, but the love that the Rabbi Shalom have to us, like the Kruvim, will always be hugging each other. A sign of caring, of love, is the Kruvim. This is a sign that Hashem is still actually hugging us. Understand, physical show is what's the signs. It's so important, that physical touch. No question about it, and this is Bemet. You know, I I know myself. I remember very quite quite a lot of strong hugs when uh, oh, we had happiness, simchot, and unfortunately also atzvut. Uh, uh, you know, etzev. You know, we yeah. lost, we lost. So everybody needed it, and I would say that especially with the parents. And you know what? Again, we repeat ourselves: parents to each other. To the kids, kids, the parents, we need it. Yeah. Okay. Thank so, you. I just want to say that if it was this is on the radio, I don't think I would call up. But if it's on the phone line, it's only for uh, us 
club members, so I'm not worried that uh, anyone's going to remember my voice. Oh. You're also a Mordechai Weimarger addict if you're listening to this. So, uh, yes, thank you. That is a nice cognitive shift about all that. Thank you. Excellent. Have a wonderful evening. And Rav Nissen, thank you for having this beautiful program once again. Thank you very much. And we are basically continue our program.